Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? It's your boy, JP. Welcome to Views from the Porch. And I am here with my dear friend, the David J. Marvin. Yes, indeed. Hello. Hello. And Elena Haas. Hello. Also a dear friend. What's up? What are we doing? What are we talking about? We're just hanging. Why are we here? Just just hanging, recording another podcast. Dave's on his phone looking at Facebook. We are. uh, I'm boring him to sleep. Checking out likes, man. Just got to make sure keeping (laughs) keeping those likes up. (laughs) Hey, can I be honest? People that... Uh, no, I'm not going to be that honest. Right. Okay. Hey, Facebook messages, just a public service announcement. Do you check your Facebook messages? Uh, I can't. Okay. Um, I want to apologize. If you send me a Facebook, Instagram message, or Twitter, there's going to be probably about a seven-month window until I respond and say, can you email me? Not me, people. I get back to you within 15 minutes. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, today we're talking about commitment, folks. Keeping your word. Keeping your... Commitment. So he just made a commitment 15 minutes. You heard it here first. Email him on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, we are talking about commitments. Email a, on Facebook. Not, not on Facebook. <laughs> you are the least cool guy on David. the planet. Message him. Tweet. Tweet <laughs> him you, at Facebook. You, you email him on Facebook. <laughs> is it still the Facebook? The, or yeah, the Facebooks. <laughs> Man, the on Facebook. the internets. MySpace hey. is over, David. Oh, I never was on just MySpace. An FYI. It's not my thing. Yeah, but I, I have seen yours, dude. Hey, JP's MySpace. Go find it. Hey, He's in a wife beater by a waterfall. Here's something <laughs> crazy to think about. How many people listening right now have never even heard of MySpace? I promise you there's a lot. There's There's got to be a yeah, decent amount. All right. Hey, commitment. A huge issue for our generation. Uh, people struggle with making commitments on a you know day to day, week to week basis. Committing to a, an event, a birthday party, to even marriage is down. Job people, our generation transfers jobs more than any other generation previously. We've seen it firsthand with events that we throw, where we build in like ten percent dropout rate. Young adults struggle with commitments. Why do they struggle so much, and and why is that a bad thing? So so I'm at a restaurant the other day. And uh, this is a little while ago, actually. And I walk up on some friends who serve at the porch, okay? So I know them, recognize them. They, they're some of our, our leaders and volunteers. And uh, they're, they're engaged with a girl who works at this restaurant. And I walk up and they say, oh, hey, you know, he, he um, is one of the teachers at the, that deal we were inviting you to. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, the porch. And hey, you should join us, you know, jump in. And so she says to me, and she says, I I will absolutely, uh, for sure, probably go. Maybe that sounds committed. <laughs> um, and so, what what am I left to think about that? Is she is she going to attend or not? A lot of double. There was an absolutely, a probably, a possibly, and a maybe. And then I think there was one other word of certainty in there. That's just impressive. Yeah, that means she'll come if there's no other better options that night on the table. Oh, she's gonna. She's going to FOBO me. FOMO started out as FOBO, fear of better option. And now it's fear of missing out. It's true. Did yeah. you know that? It's true. I think so. So why is that, why is that such a big deal? Who cares? Um, if you're not a believer, like if you're not a Christ follower, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you're just 
fulfilling your job description, you know, doing you're you're living for you. You want to do whatever's best for you in the moment. Um, if you are a Christ follower, it's completely uncharacteristic of the God that you follow. Uh, it is inconsistent with His Word and His nature, and um, we should not do that. That that should not mark our lives because we we are we're ambassadors. We're representatives of the gospel. the The story that we share, which changes lives, it's a story. And if someone can't trust that we're going to be there when we said we're going to be there, why are they going to trust us when we say a dead man came back to life? And um, and the God that we represent, the the King of the kingdom that we belong to, is a God who keeps His commitments. He does everything He says He's going to do, and so we represent Him. So we should do everything that we say we're going to do. And you know, it's 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 not loving to somebody, and it's normal right now, sadly for this generation. But it's not normally some loving if somebody invites you to a movie, and you're like, yeah, man, I may I might go, and you're like, but dude, like, like I I'm asking. Are you doing it? Yeah, probably. No, but bro, I got to buy tickets to the movies. Like, I'm going to be there. I don't want to see a movie by myself. Like, are you going? Yeah, man, I'll, I'll most likely be there. I'm not, but, but will you be there? Cause I'm going to be at the AMC. Are you going to show up? You know, and I'm, I'll buy us tickets, but I don't want to waste my money. Like, you need to tell me that you're going to be there and then you need to be there, you know? Totally. And, and so it's, it matters. It's not loving. And a lot of people may not know this. The Bible specifically says you need to keep your word. For sure. Like it's not, there's no mystery there. It's not like a uh, man, it's a gray issue, and and we're just being kind of hard because we work at a church and being overly legalistic. It, it multiple times over and over says that the people of God are going to be people who keep the word, and it's a big deal to God to be people whose word matters. I've heard you say before. Actually, I think we stole it from Tommy Nelson or something. What's that? The uh, hey, people generally trust a Christian before they trust Christ almost every single time. Unless you meet Christ through a dream, mm. you I, trust a Christian through I stole that Christ. from you, to be I, clear. Now, you may have stolen it from Tommy, but I rightfully, clearly stole it from you. All right, let's 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 give it back to me then, Tommy. Sorry. It, you know, like launch retreat. We're doing launch. I know this is relevant. So, we'll, you know, a thousand, we'll take a thousand young adults to Sky Ranch. A hundred of them will drop out. So 10%. Um, yeah, that, you know, that, that's things we invest time, energy in, planning on. And we, we make room and, and time and space for somebody. And we've gotten to where we have to organize the event, planning for, you know, a hundred people to drop out, and, um, and that impacts the the financials of that event. You know, and then not only they drop out, but they want their friend to go in their place. Like, hey, can you just swap this around? I'm like, hey, man, we're trying to manage a thousand people. Uh, I don't think you understand fully what you're asking of us but you're right it says in god's word in in psalm 15 4 it says the man that god esteems the person that god esteems is the one who keeps his commitment even when it hurts so even when it costs him something and i think that's today if we're honest like that's why we're afraid to commit and that's why we break commitments is because um you know we're afraid that a better option is going to come along and we don't want to miss out on that option so we want to keep our options open and we'll just, you know, if something better comes along, we'll just drop somebody and, and just change. That, let's just, that's selfish and satanic. There's nothing of Christ in that activity. Like, we need to repent. We need to acknowledge that that marks us. If that's you, you need to stop it. You need to repent. You need to ask for forgiveness. And um, in, in James 4, it says, you know, why do you say that we're going to go to this city or that city? And it's like, we, we don't know what tomorrow is. So there's this caution of, hey, be careful uh, what you say you're going to do. And in Ecclesiastes 5, it says, do not be hasty to make commitments. So we need to be thoughtful in that. 
Um, and then in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus, he's talking to the Pharisees, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon of all time. And he's, these Pharisees, they were, they were famous or well-known for promising on you know the the temple or promising by heaven and they would try to promise they try to find these loopholes it's kind of like did you ever make a promise and cross your fingers like oh i had my fingers crossed you know yeah people swear on their mom's grave or yeah swear to god or swear to yeah swear on these different, different things, things. Well, that's what they were doing and jesus says hey you don't need to do that you just need to let your yes be yes and your no be no um because if you always keep, if your yes is always yes and you keep it, then people know that the only thing they need to hear from you is yes. Not that, hey, I promise, man, under, I'm, I'm on my pinky swear, you know, my word is oak. You know, I promise you I'll be there. It's just like, yes, I'll be there. And you know I'm going to be there because I'm always a man of my word. Yep. And this, is, this has been around people of God for a long time. Numbers chapter 30 verses 1 and 2 goes 3,500 years ago. Like the nation of Israel just got established. And God, one of the first laws he gives is this, he says, this is what the Lord commands. When someone makes a vow or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but do everything he said. To a civilization that that had so few laws, he makes a big deal of saying, hey, this is one of the big ones I wanna make sure that you keep. So it's, it's a big deal to God. It's an opportunity for us. So there's gonna be occasions where it uh, it just makes sense that the most loving thing to do would be to step out of one commitment and to step into another. For example, uh, you know, a member of a family dies, and I'm using an extreme intentionally to lead to a question to you. Like, uh, you know, I had to fly a few weeks ago to do a funeral for a family member, and I had to cancel short notice a lot of different, you know, little meetings and things that we had going on. Yeah, you were in step sin. Out of you need to repent. <laughs> what are the circumstances? If uh, clearly that's not one, <clears throat> that was a joke he was making, by the way. Sometimes his humor doesn't always land. <laughs> uh, what are the circumstances where it makes sense to uh, to break a commitment? And uh, and that's pretty vague. But furthermore, how do you go about making a commitment? Breaking a commitment. Breaking a commitment. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. So this is this is something that I heard that's been so helpful to me through the years, and I, I hope is helpful to you to the to the listeners. So lean in. Uh, remember this. This is something you want to take away. Maybe write it down if you're driving. Maybe pull over. Uh, I think this is going to serve you really well. Whenever you whenever you make a commitment to somebody, so when you say, hey, I'll be there Friday at 7, what you did was you gave them a gift, the gift of your time, and really the promise of your time, a promise of a gift. And um, and so when you, let's just say, so you say, hey, I'll be there, I'll meet you at the movies Friday at 7, and then you know your grandmother calls and says, hey, I'm coming into town, and I really want to see you, and I'm only going to be there for two hours, and, and you realize, hey, I, I need to break this commitment. What you do is you call that person, and you ask for your gift back, your commitment back, you, and you say this. You say, hey, I know I told you I would be there Friday at 7. My grandmother is now coming into town. May I have that commitment back? And you've given that person an option to say yes or no. They can say, sure, you can have it back. I, yeah, that's reasonable. Or they can say, no, you know, I really need you to honor that commitment. I've, I've made some plans. It's, it's cost me this and that. But you're, you're letting them choose. And um, I, I think that's really God-honoring. And so let's talk about what you don't do in that situation. You don't say, hey, I can't be there Friday. Something came up. Okay, because now you're trying to manage information. Well, what came up? I can't be there Friday. I got to change my sock drawer. You know, it's like you're, you're making excuses. No, you give them the information. You ask for your commitment back and you let them make a decision. And that, I believe, God can be honored even in you breaking, even in you breaking your commitment. Yeah, that's good. That's huge. So yeah. 
so saying exactly what the specific thing that you're asking or that, that you're asking to miss for be as specific as possible. That's good. So what if the person says no, you can't have your commitment back? Yeah, I, you know, I think I think that uh, um, that's a possibility. And um, you you make a decision. I think you have to say, okay, what's going to honor God the most? So is it going to honor God the most that I spend time with my grandmother, um, or is it going to be honor honor God the most if I keep this commitment? At the end of the day, uh, we're we're not living life to be as selfish as we can be to to experience as most as much as we can possibly experience. We're living our life to honor God. And the problem for most of us, that's just not where the bullseye is. We're we're more self serving than that. Yeah, that's good. What what kind of commitments? Even when we use that term. What are the commitments that for sure should mark the life of a believer? Yeah, so I think any commitments that you made, first of all, right? Uh, you know, so wherever you've made commitments, uh, that that's going to matter. Um, honor the commitments you've made. I think of church, and so like having being under the authority of elders, belonging to a church, membership is a commitment that you would be a member of a church. I think of of work. Um, a, a place where they've made an exchange, hey, that you show up at a particular time to do a task and they're going to compensate you for it. Uh, the scripture says a lot of, of that's a way to honor God, Titus 2.10, um, Colossians 3.24 and 25. And so what does it look like to to honor God in the way that we work and to honor those commitments? I'm sure there's more. Would anything come to mind for you? What about commitments in dating? Yeah, I think that's that's huge, and certainly communicating well. What, communicating what's an example well. of that? I'm trying to think it's specific, but like I just, you know, when you're in, when you're dating, you make you say a lot of things in the beginning. You know, you start planning futures together, and then sometimes at sometimes at some point, you're like, oh, this actually isn't going to work out. But now you kind of made all these commitments, little things along the way. Let's just say, oh yeah, in in December, let's go um, visit my family in Colorado. Let's just say that's a commitment. But you guys are about to break up, so or, you're kind of in a tough spot. Or even more, hey, I'll call you. <laughs> oh yeah, call you's call you's more. Uh, but I, I think common. if you tell somebody you're going to call them, you need to call them, and um, you know, and I think that's why Ecclesiastes five warns us against being hasty. Like I wouldn't plan, you know, Christmas in July uh, for a new relationship, and I, I think you have to be honest. The whole DTR to find the relationship where it goes, but it's not. It's less commitment and more communication. It's letting the person know where you're at, where your heart is going, what your intentions are, and just communicating clearly. And where you have to break a commitment, I think you can ask for it back. And, um, and just say, hey, I know that we said we were going to do this, but I don't see this relationship going there. May I have that commitment back? And, and people think that's, that's crazy, but I, I think it's really God-honoring. I, I think to go to double-click on the dating thing, something that I don't remember when we've talked about this at the porch, but I know that we have. Um, is to be really careful with how you use your words in that scenario where you say, I'm going to call you, or yes, please, I had a great time. I'd love to go on a second date. And we almost say things just that we don't even mean because we're afraid we're going to make someone feel bad. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, why did you think we were going to go on a second date? Well, because you explicitly said it. That's why I thought it. You know, and it's like, whoa, you can't, you, you know, why did you believe me? You shouldn't believe me. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't you know I'm a liar? Like, that's, that seems like how people think. You know? Totally. It's just ghost, ghosting. Here's, like, here's a thought. I would just say, like, you know, having worked with volunteers for uh, 12 years now in young adult ministry, is there's, there's a person's name down? Like, so let's just say somebody says, hey, I'm going to work 
um, camera tonight for the porch, there's a name I can see down that is a complete blessing because I see the name and I'm like, I know that person. They always show up on time. They always do what they say they're going to do. They are a blessing to this ministry. And there's a name that I can see down that I, that's written down that is a curse. Because I look at that name and I'm like, oh, they may or may not be here. Hey, we better have someone, you know, backing them up. You know, they show up half the time. We can't really trust that person. And your integrity's on the line. And um, as you talk about dating, what's relevant in dating, I wouldn't date anybody who has a reputation of breaking their commitments. A- another way of saying it is they're flaky. Uh, they're noncommittal. Uh, they don't do what they say they're going to do. Those people don't make typically great husbands or great wives or, or great moms or great dads. It's good, man. I love it. So as it relates to breaking a commitment, um, are there any boundaries that you would say, hey, this is a this is not an appropriate time to break a commitment? Uh, let me give you an example. Like, um, uh, man, I just don't want to go tonight. I yeah. told you it's community group, but honestly, it was a hard day. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, like how do you I guess what, what I'm asking is how do you begin to filter through hey grandma's in town it's a funeral something big and just really preference let's just start with am I being selfish am yeah. I, is this a That's selfishly good. motivated decision that uh, you know the scripture says we're to love others even as ourself um, um, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit so let's start there am I breaking this commitment out of selfish ambition or vain conceit because if I am it's sin let's call it what it is I'm it's wrong and I shouldn't do that. Am I loving others as myself? God says, you know, love your neighbor even as yourself. It's the the second great commandment. Um, and so I, I think though that's a good matrix. And that's why I said, you know, start with, hey, what's going to honor God the most? Is it going to honor God the most that I break this commitment? Or is it going to honor God the most um, that I keep it? Yeah, it's so. good. All right, I want to switch gears a little bit, but but it's similar, same topic of commitment. And it relates to our generation. I think this is is a crucial issue that will really help. I want to talk specifically about commitment in the workplace. One of the things that I see, and so I'm just going to give you a thought, and I want you to expand on it, or contradict it, or or react to it. And uh, one of my, one of the things that I see about our generation is that, especially in the workplace, people are switching jobs every couple of years, or they they start working and I don't love this anymore. Maybe I'm not passionate about it, and. Um, and I think one of the tragedies is it is uh, it's robbing them of being someone who just puts their head down, shows a long track record of faithfulness in the same direction. And, and it's honestly, even from a worldly, like totally worldly perspective, dude, you're not going to get the promotion when you're the new guy at every job every two years. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you're I, not going to thrive and excel. So react. I, what have you seen yeah, there? I think more is at stake than not getting the promotion too. You're not going to be good at anything. Yeah. That's like good. to learn a skill takes time and discipline so let me just give you an example like i can step to a piano and i can bang the keys of a piano and make sound but i can't make it beautiful because to make it beautiful requires discipline and commitment that i did not apply you know and so i've 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 sat down at many pianos and and have attempted to play many times but i've never disciplined myself or committed to um, a lesson or a practice or, or learning, you know, to control that instrument. So I can make it make sounds, but I can't make it beautiful. And I, uh, you know, I, I remember trying to, uh, I like to paint uh, acrylic on canvas and I can remember like starting a painting 
and getting halfway and then starting it again and then changing it up and then change you know started as a man in a boat on an ocean and it changed to kind of a starry night and then it changed to this abstract thing and it ended up just being this kind of muddy mess like sloppy mess and some people that's that's a metaphor for their life because they start something and when they don't like it they start something else and when they don't like it they start something else and when they don't like it they start something else and they're just a sloppy mess that's the truth and they've never learned a skill they they they've believed the lie the really bad advice follow your passion and the problem with that advice is and this is by the way in the book there's a, a chapter dedicated to this uh, follow your passion uh, is bad advice because our passions are always changing you know, they're coming and they're going, and a lot of times our passions just kind of put us on a track that we have to develop even when we're not passionate about it. And so the way that someone becomes an amazing engineer or an amazing architect or like what are some other trades, an amazing teacher, uh, really anything that, that um, they're tenured, they promoted, they made partner, it's because they stuck with it in the grind, even when it was really difficult, like they, they went to work, they didn't want to be there, it was really hard, they weren't passionate about it anymore, but they continued to learn a skill and to focus their skills and their talents, and they got really good at it. It's good. It's that Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, that no one you see, Michael Jordan had natural talent, but what made him Michael Jordan was commitment. He showed up, he shot thousands of free throws a day, all, all the different work that went behind that. Here's another question. We only have a, a, really a, about a minute left, and... Um, it's in the vein of commitment, but it's a slightly different thing. I think it's a really practical handheld and very crucial for our generation. It's super, um, it'll set you apart in your work environment and your relationships, that's a et lot of, dude, that's, that's a big buildup, man. About to change <laughs> somebody's life. Here we Let's go. hear it. Whenever I, um, the quickest way I can say it is something that I, I've heard you say many times. Hey, if I'm running late somewhere, like I've broken the commitment. Like I'm supposed to meet at 6.30 in the morning and I'm running late, you know, the dog's vomiting all over and I'm cleaning it up and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be late. And I get in the car and I'm texting, hey, I'm running late. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say practically are the things that you would you would add to that or you would uh, exhort? Just be a life coach here for a second, Ron, keeping yeah. your word. So when I disciple guys, we meet in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, and the first day that we meet, I always tell them, hey, obedience here is not doesn't start with getting here at 6.30. Obedience starts the night before. Uh, faithfulness starts the night before. You you talked about long obedience in the same direction, which I think is is huge to being a Christian and growing spiritually. But with them, I say, hey, obedience starts with getting to bed at a at a decent hour, so you get a good night's rest, so that when you come here, you're awake and you're well rested, and you can focus and contribute. And um, and I say, hey, when you're running late, let's just say something happens, your dog vomits in your case, um, then communicate well. And so don't text me and say, hey, I'm running late. When somebody does, they say they text me, I get a text, hey, I'm running late. I, I pick up the phone and I call them. And I say, how late? And they say, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what do you, where are you at? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm at Northwest Highway in 75. Okay, you're at Northwest Highway in 75. You're going to exit Coit. You're going to come up Coit. There's a light there. If you catch that light, it's usually about three minutes. You're going to pull up a little further. You're going to go under 635. You're going to go, there's another light there. It could delay you another three minutes, but maybe not. If you make it, it's probably not going to catch all three lights. And so let's just say you're about nine minutes away. So, so you're running nine minutes late. We'll see you in nine minutes. And they're like, yeah, man, wow, that was intense. What it was, it was clear, it was thoughtful. You know, it, it was it was good communication um, because because I'm sitting in a room waiting on you, and you're not here, and so I'm I'm wasting those nine minutes because I can't start without you. 
And so if I'm going to waste those nine minutes, the least you can do is to communicate really clear, clearly where you're at, why you're late, and what time you're going to be there. It's good, man. It's such a lost art, and it really will, I think, set you apart. If you're the guy who anytime he's, he's not doing what he said he was doing, he communicates really, really well. And uh, so that's it. That's all I got. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us at Views from the Porch. We will see you next week. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.